Today's New Testament reading is from the Epistle to the Romans, the fourth chapter. What then shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now, to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness, just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. Is this blessing then only for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised? We say that faith was counted to Abraham as righteousness. How then was it counted to him? Was it before or after he had been circumcised? It was not after, but before he was circumcised. He received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. The purpose was to make him the father of all who believe without being circumcised, so that righteousness would be counted to them as well, and to make him the father of the circumcised who are not merely circumcised, but who also walk in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. For the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null, and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. That is why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations." in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. In hope he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations, as he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. 
No distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words, it was counted to him, were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. This is the word of the Lord. For today's meditation on God's word, we welcome Pastor Ron Rawl. Today we're going to focus our attention on these words of St. Paul in his fourth chapter of the letter to the Romans. What then shall we say about Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Perhaps you've been in a funeral home at one time or another for the visitation of someone that you knew well, maybe a family member or a friend. And you might have heard someone say something like this. Well, if anyone ever deserved to go to heaven, he or she certainly did. Now, that statement is based on an assumption that's quite common. The assumption is that heaven is earned by our good works or our merits. But how would you respond to this commonly held belief? Well, St. Paul is providing for us in this chapter of Romans a model way to respond or to think about how we might respond. He's actually in a dialogue with the Jewish people. In chapter 3, which precedes our chapter, he had just provided a clear description of how people are put right with God. We are put right, he says, or justified, by faith in what God has done. That is apart from the works of the law, which means that no one can boast about what they have done. But St. Paul knew what the Jews might say in response to this. They were convinced that if ever anyone was right with God, it was Abraham. He was a man of exemplary works, a man of the law. They actually believed, according to tradition, that he had received the law by a special dispensation about a thousand years before Moses ever went up on Mount Sinai. And Abraham's adherence to the law and his works, his merits, were the very reason that God made a special covenant and promise to him. But St. Paul really understood the power of the law. In verse 15 of this chapter, he says, The law brings wrath. The law is always accusing us, always condemning us for our failures to live up to God's expectations. In chapter 3, verse 10, he says, No one is righteous, no, not one. And in chapter 3, verse 20, he says, For no human being will be justified in his sight by works of the law, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. Not even Abraham with all of his merits and all of his good works, and all of the things that could be attributed to him, could be justified by the law. He was a sinner just like everyone else. But Paul wants to go on and nail down his argument on the basis of Scripture. So he talks about what justification really is and the purpose of it. How is one justified? He goes back to Scripture. Not to tradition, not to what the Jews might say, but to what God says in his word, Genesis chapter 15, Abraham believed God, 
and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. But when did this happen? Well, long before he was circumcised. In fact, chapter 15 is when it says he believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. But it's not until chapter 17, which is at least 14 years later, that Abraham is told to circumcise himself and all the males in his family. So St. Paul says in verse 11 of our chapter, circumcision then was a sign and a seal of the righteousness which Abraham had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. So why would Paul insist on this? Well, for two reasons. One, the law always leads to condemnation. And secondly, only the righteousness that comes by faith can be inclusive of both Jews and Gentiles. And that's God's whole purpose, that all people might be justified. And those who do not have the law must depend only on faith, faith in God and in his promises. What kind of faith is this? Well, it's a kind of faith that believes in and trusts in a God who has the power to call into existence the things that do not exist. In other words, he's the creator who by his word brought everything into existence. But he also has the power to raise the dead, to give life to those who are dead. So faith faces the reality of who we are, our own impotence, our own inability to measure up to God's expectations. But faith also looks at God's incredible power to call into existence things that are not and to raise those who are dead. Now, Paul doesn't define faith for us in this chapter, but he gives us a powerful description of Abraham's faith. He says, in hope, Abraham believed against hope. And he's talking here about Abraham's belief that God could give him a son, even though he was almost 100 years old and his wife Sarah was almost 90 and she had been barren all of her life. So humanly speaking, there was no possibility of Abraham and Sarah accomplishing this, of bringing forth an heir. But Abraham trusted that God could do it. In hope, he believed against hope. And so here we see clearly how God works to bring about his purpose of making us right with himself. He does that because of what he has done for us. And we also then receive that same gift of righteousness by trusting in God and what he has done for us in Jesus Christ, his son.